Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. here from Emily Blunt now. She's talking about overcoming a stammer. Well, I did uh, have quite a serious stutter when I was a kid, and um, so the idea of doing a voiceover, certainly when I was 11 years old, was was an impossible one. It would, it would have seemed so far out of reach, and so I hope that that is a testament to how far you can come and how much you can overcome something, because I'm now doing a movie where you can only rely on my voice, and um, that was unimaginable before, so... I just try and talk about it as much as possible and um, people come up to me a lot. I'm part of the Stuttering Foundation and it is something that you can cure. It's something you can overcome. I deal with about 15 stutterers I keep in contact with all the time. I met with a young man, I will not name him, day before yesterday. Took him in after my staff got upset because we did a town meeting like this and I met him. I could tell when I met him. And you can tell too, Reverend. You see the face. You can see the anxiety in their faces. And he looked at me and said, ha, ha, ha. And I said, why don't you and I go back in, 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 my, in the green room here and I'll show you how to write my speeches. Did you see the movie The King's Speech? Well, you should see it if you haven't. What the King's Speech is all about is a man with enormous courage standing up in the middle of the beginning of war, speaking to his countrymen and saying he needed help. The guy who actually helped him write that speech knew how I do my speech and how I mark up my speeches. I, I go through so that I make sure that I try to get a circumstance where I don't have to go quickly. And what happens is that if you notice, most people who, in fact, are Mel Tillerson, Great singer, never stutters, but has difficulty speaking, difficulty talking, stutters badly. A lot of people are like that. And we can overcome it. And the point I make to these young people that I still work with is that, in fact, it's critically important for them not to judge themselves by their speech, that not let that define them. That's the President of the United States, Joe Biden, and before that, and the actor Emily Blunt uh, talking about a stammer and dealing with it and overcoming it. And indeed, uh, many of you listening may have had that experience at some point in your own lives. And David Heaney is chair of the Irish Stammering Association and is on the line now. Hello, David. How are you? Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on. Right. Some interesting testimonies there from two very well-known people. Yes, yeah, no, it was very, um, it's well known that Emily Blunt and uh, kind of Joe Biden have a uh, stammer. And in fact, our a former chair of ours, Michael Ryan, uh, actually met uh, kind of Joe Biden, not when he was over last time, but actually the previous time he was over. And uh, there's some very interesting um, videos up on uh, kind of YouTube uh, of kind of Joe Biden speaking at the National Stuttering Association in America, talking about his journey and Emily as as well too is is a, is a very uh, kind of well known uh, movie star. The only thing I would say about Emily is she said about curing, uh, overcoming is a better word because I don't think anyone ever cures. Uh, a stutter or a stammer. Uh, there's two basic aspects to it. Uh, there's been a lot of research recently, and there's a neurological side to it, which you you can't overcome, unfortunately. But there's the other side, which is what we I would call kind of learned behaviour. So fear is that you build up apprehensions about speaking as, as uh, kind of situations, or when you avoid a situation, you build up uh, an association with that, and that tends to. Uh, 
make you stammer more so you can work on kind of that side of things and you can overcome it. And the main thing I would say uh, about a stammer is uh, you have overcome it, in my opinion, if it doesn't hold you back. That's the worst thing about having a stammering. If it stops you doing things, if it stops you from uh, uh, going into certain situations or going into a certain career because you think, Mm. I can't do it. That's Emily. Yeah, and I mean, Ed Sheeran, for example, you know, um, has stammer, spoke of his experience and said it was induced by a medical procedure of having a birthmark removed from his face. And is, is that something that you, you would have heard of? That, is that that association point you made? or? Uh, not really. Most people who have this, there are different types of... Uh, of stammer as well too. Uh, the, the one I, I suppose that's associated with kind of stammering is the one people are actually born with uh, and it's uh, genetic. It comes down to the genes. Some people are, have a propensity uh, to stammer. Uh, there isn't one gene or anything so that's why people stammer in different ways. There are also uh, people who can have a stammer induced by them. Um, it, it's most common, I think, in strokes. Uh, so if you get a stroke, uh, you can get a stammer, but it's a different type of kind of stammer. And uh, some people can uh, overcome that and stuff. Uh, but the, I, I suppose the kind of stammer people would be most familiar with uh, is the one that you're basically kind of born with. <laughs> right. Um, we're chatting to David Heaney, chair of the Irish Stammering Association. So talk to me about your own personal experience. Yep, so uh, I'm a person who stammers. I've had a stammer all my life. Uh, my father stammered, so that's presumably the reason why I I have one. Um, I'm the only one of my siblings who stammers. Uh, there's no one in my kind of direct family. I know other people who... Um, who, who don't know anyone, but that you always kind of wonder, is it the uncle and stuff like that? Because the thing about stammering is a lot of people try to hide it. There's uh, two types of stammer. Uh, there's overt, which is the way I stammer, where I basically can't hide it. And there are other people who are covert, and you wouldn't know that they stammer at all because they have a lot of tricks and they can hide it, uh, or they avoid situations. Uh, so... I'm kind of overt and it was always kind of with me and people and I had to kind of live with this and kind of grow with it. Uh, unusually for me, I think, uh, unlike most people I've met uh, in the stammering community, I, I didn't really do much speech therapy, didn't do any in school. I did a small amount when I went to work, but it was only when I joined the Irish Stammering Association about 16 years ago, which I, and I did my first proper speech therapy program, then I suppose I started to uh, work on my speech and also meet people uh, in the stammering community, which I think is the most important thing. Uh, it was just meeting people who knew what it was like to stammer because it's very hard to understand if you don't have a stammer because it's so insular, it's it's inside you. Mm. We're chatting to David Heaney, who's chair of the Irish Stammering Association, and Joe Biden mentioned this. Uh, I think a lot of listeners' idea of stammering may have been formed by that movie, The King's Speech, where the king of the time was uh, struggling to speak but could do it fluidly when listening to music. Is, is this a, a real technique? Yeah, but there are kind of different um, techniques. Uh, yeah, also, kind of speaking very slowly uh, can you can um, you can be fluent. It's it's not, it's not necessarily true for everyone. There there are different things, but uh, it's it's not really that practical, I, I suppose. I remember when I did speech therapy and said, okay, you can you might be fluent when you. Um, uh, sing, but are you going to kind of sing all the time? You know, you, and then you kind of, <laughs> and then you kind of think about: Is my stammering really that bad? 
And then you think about all the apprehensions. There's, there was a, a very um, influential speech therapist called Joseph Sheehan in America. Uh, and in, uh, in the 60s, he wrote a book. And one of the premises was that stuttering, which is uh, the term they use in America, uh, stuttering are all the things that you do to stop yourself stuttering. So when I did speech therapy, um, I, I, I was doing a lot of things I wasn't even aware of. I was moving my hands a lot. I was, uh, lots of people tap the, uh, the table or tap their feet when they try to kind of get the word out. So by kind of being aware of those uh, tricks and working on them and, and trying to stop doing them, I actually became less apprehensive about speaking, which is the real way, I think. Well, for me anyway, and for a lot of other people as well. And uh, when you become more uh, actually comfortable with your stammering, you're, you're, you're actually less inclined to actually do it. Right. And, and David, was it a breakthrough moment or was it a long period that helped you? It's a long period. You know, I, I think um, my experience, anyone who's done any, any kind of speech therapy or any kind of speech program is you can go in i did uh, a week-long a residential program and i think at the end of it everyone was pretty much perfectly fluent but it was an artificial uh, kind of situation because we all knew we stammered and we all knew each other and then about a week afterwards when you're back in the real world and you're back in your job or you're going into the shop again to order a sandwich then you know things tend to fall apart a little bit because it's a long process because uh, I spent uh, all my life up to that point learning how to stammer. So when you want to stop doing it, you have to unlearn that behavior and it takes a long right. time and you have ups and downs. And, and for somebody who doesn't stammer themselves and deals with someone who does, you know, a, I mean, a good example of going into the shop, I think you said, you know, if somebody's serving yeah. someone in a, a particular capacity and the customer has a stammer, what's the best way to react? I think the best thing is to just give them as much time as they need. That's the main thing. Uh, there's some things that people who stammer tend to really hate, which is one is finishing people's sentences. You know, So if you said, um, can I have a, what, and someone says, a bar of chocolate, and he says, no, I don't, I want something else, I want a loaf of bread. So giving people uh, time, uh, kind of eye contact is a big thing, if you can actually kind of maintain a, a kind of eye contact, because that's something that people who stammer have to work on as well too, because you're very inclined to kind of look away when you're blocking, which is when, which is the kind of stammering I do, where you, you're, um, I might be saying, my name is David, but I don't get David out, I kind of block, there's a big silence and that becomes uncomfortable. So if you can just live with that, that's the, the actual best thing to do. Just give people as much time as possible and maintain kind of eye contact, and that will put them at ease. Right. And what should the parent of a child who stammers do? Uh, well, there's the thing about stammering is about 5% of children will stammer at some stage between the ages of 5 and 8, but of those, 80% will, uh, will recover. Uh, and we're not sure why there, there's been some research into it, but that's always been pretty much there. There might be a period of a couple of months. Um, if they can get, if they can see a speech therapist, that can be that can be actually very, very good. You know, just to just to get them kind of assessed. But the kind of main thing is not to put pressure on them as well. However, too, we know full uh, well that speech therapy is very difficult to secure. Isn't it is, it? yes, particularly public. It is public it is it, it's easier when you're actually younger it's almost 
I was going to say almost impossible when you're a, an adult. There, but there are some. Um, it, it's basically by kind of uh, health service area. Uh, you, you have some chance when you're kind of younger, and you probably you might only get one session, and you might have a break. But if you can if you can get speech therapy, that can help. Uh, but I, I suppose the actual main thing is to uh, not be ashamed of it or something like that. Not try to push it onto the carpet. If you can talk to them about stammering. Or um, the, the, the ISA have actually parents groups as well, too. So if you have a child who's stammering, you could maybe come to one of our parents groups there. They're all held kind of virtually, so you won't have to go mm. anywhere. They're kind of done over Zoom and you can get advice. And, and David, is it very difficult for a child who stammers, you know, because of the way that kids can be and school environments and all of that? It can, yeah. It, it varies. My own personal experience, I don't think I didn't have that much of time. I don't think I was bullied, but it maybe slightly. It was certainly mentioned from time to time. Other people I've met have had awful experiences because any kind of weakness is picked on. And I, I was at school pre kind of social media. So that's, oh, I don't know what it's like now. I feel very sorry for children these days because there's so much pressure on them. Uh, it, it can be, it varies by person. Some people can have bad experiences. Some people kind of not. Uh, I think everyone will will have the apprehension, the the um, uh, kind of self generated fear of things when you're reading out in class and stuff. Yes, yeah. uh, we always talk about. <laughs> uh, one other thing as well, David. Uh, we had a chat in the show yesterday about overcoming a fear of public speaking. You know, and, and people maybe mm. can more commonly understand that anxiety than if they have a stammer or not. Yeah, um, it's, in some ways it's kind of similar. The only thing about, you kind of have a fear of public speaking and you don't have the um, impediment or something like that that might come up. Someone who stammers who has to make a presentation or has to go to a job interview will say, you know, uh, I could block and then you can get into a kind of a spiral where you become very focused in your speech. Uh, but having said that, uh, it varies by person. I know some people who who uh, who uh, stutter, who are very good presenters and don't have that same fear of uh, public speaking. But lots of people would as well, too, who, who actually have stutters. And uh, working on public speaking, I, I'm not sure what you're... Uh, uh, what you were saying about that yesterday, but uh, certainly in kind of stammering, and uh, and we do and we do uh, uh, workshops and uh, kind of presentation skills because that's become more and more of people's college and work lives these days having to present. We work on basically extending people's kind of comfort zones, you know, and uh, doing it, and um, and the more you, you actually do it, the uh, the easier it tends to get, you know, because, and, and that's like a lot of uh, uh, working on your stammer is about just doing stuff and, uh, you know, just trying it out and kind of, and it then becomes easier. But you, you're kind of dealing on those kind of deep uh, rooted fears because you say uh, stammering is like an iceberg. That's a model that's been used for years and years and years. You can just see the blocking and the uh, repetitions of the speech, but most of the stammer is beneath this, the, uh, uh, 
surface it's the shame it's the apprehensions it's the associations mm-hmm. with certain situations or the things that you, you could never do something mm-hmm. like be a lawyer or or, or, or stand up in church mm-hmm. and give a reading or something like that yeah okay right fascinating well listen thank you so much for your insights this morning really interesting and the Irish Stammering Association obviously has a website you can go on and learn more there as well David Heaney is chair of the association appreciate your time your views, your news, your limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95.